0: Looking for a great new thriller? Check out Conundrum Publishing. We publish books that make you think, from mind-bending thrillers to heart-wrenching, dramatic action-adventure novels. Our books will keep you up all night, turning the pages, eager to find out what happens next. So, what are you waiting for? Head over to conundrumpub.com STR for three totally free thrillers you won't be disappointed. Again, three full-length action thrillers totally free at conundrumpub.com slash str.
1: You have somehow ended up listening to The Stuff That's Real That You Didn't Know Was Real But Also Is Cool Podcast or... Sturdy were or, uh, never mind.
0: Welcome back, everyone. Thank you again for joining us. You know who we are by now, but if not, we're going to tell you anyway, because that's how podcasts work. I am Nick Thacker, a USA Today bestselling author of Fiction, thriller, novels, which basically means I get to make stuff up for a living. And strangely enough, I found the other one of me out there in the universe, and his name is Kevin Tumlinson, and he is also a full-time fiction, thriller, author who gets to make stuff up for a living.
1: Well, you've been making stuff up long before you were getting paid for it, though. That's true. Yeah. We're professional liars, is what what it comes down to. We're good at it, too. And we're good
0: at it. Most people don't even know we're (laughs) lying when we tell them stuff. Well, and uh, this show is all about talking about the truth behind the lies, because when we write fiction, obviously fiction means not real or it hasn't actually happened yet, but the truth is a little trickier, and this podcast dives into those types of truths, things that are real, that you may not know were real, that also is cool, that we think is cool. So these are the kind of things that we research (laughs) for fun. (laughs) That's a convoluted. It's a perfect so, intro. It's an absolutely perfect, perfect intro. intro. It shall not be edited whatsoever. It is just... glory. <laughs> oh, man. Well, we've got some good topics coming at you today. Do you want me to kick us off here, Mr. Tumbleton? Yeah,
1: Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. I like that. Go ahead. He's like, challenge what? accepted. You see what you got. I'll Ch- see if I can Ch- do it. <laughs> <laughs> I, ser- I shared mine in the, uh, the private chat there. So I know. I'm not even going to look at it yet because I want to be surprised. Okay. That's why I haven't shared mine with you. We sort of accidentally briefly discussed... Doing this topic at one point. So that's true. I did. I just read yours. That's
0: true. Okay. Well, here's, here's what we're talking about today from the Nick Thacker side of things. I am in deep in the middle, the muddy middle, toward the end of the middle of my latest book. It's a Harvey Bennett thriller. And we have a lot of characters uh, running around the world trying not to get shot. And one of the characters is esteemed archaeologist, Dr. Graham Lindgren so named after one of uh, Kevin and my favorite authors, Graham Hancock. Anyway, he finds himself underneath the Temple of the Oracle at Siwa, which is right on the border of Egypt and Libya. It's in Egypt. And he's looking for the tomb of Alexander the Great. And I don't want to give the whole book away, but I got back into the whole tomb, archaeological, Indiana Jones-style research. And came across this article which i thought was just really cool and if there's ever going to be like a stuff that's real 101 <laughs> you know as long as i'm hosting it and kevin's hosting it i think it's probably going to have something to do with tombs because yeah. that's just <laughs> something we always keep going back to would,
1: would you agree with that tombs caves chambers. it's always about
0: something underground or in a yeah, <laughs> yeah. inside of Caverns. a mountain yeah. Yeah. We love that stuff. It's easy to put. Um, that's why fiction thrives there because you can put whatever you want in there. And, you know, most of our readers have not been to these places, so they
1: can't argue with us. Uh, <laughs> and that's why we do it. Um, that's where the professional lying part comes in. That's where that comes in. Exactly. <laughs> so, this is the scary
0: mystery of the Indian temple vault no one can open. And as you might have guessed, listener, in India, And there's a temple that is dedicated to the Krishna, or uh, Vishnu, or Krishna, I guess they say it's the same thing. I really don't know what the difference is. It's a Hindu god. Uh, It's a manifestation of the Hindu god. So it's enshrined on the serpent known as Shesha. And I must admit, I don't know anything about the Hindu religion other than that it is a religion. But here's the deal. The temple has been closed. It's been sealed off. So we know it's there. We know it's in this temple complex somewhere. We just can't open it. And the reason we can't open it is, well, I'll get to that. But there's a lot of people that really want to open it. And the reason they want to open it is that this temple is apparently the most, like the richest temple. The things inside are the most valuable things the world has ever seen. The article starts with, imagine an ancient temple with walls made of gold and chambers filled with priceless treasures hidden behind traps and magically sealed doors for millennia. I don't think it's trying to be flowery. I think it's describing the inside of this temple, at least as we know it. It's been passed down. Obviously, it's it's sealed off, so we haven't been in there. But it is said that there are trillions of dollars worth of valuables inside there. Even more valuable, considering they're all probably historically important. And this thing, and the reason I've put off saying the name of this place for so long is that it's kind of a mouthful. It is the, okay, bear with me. Padmanabhaswami Temple in Kerala, which is, the chamber is rumored to obtain the greatest treasure history has ever known. Now, there's other tombs here that I think we've opened and verified that that there's treasure in here. I believe seven other vaults? I'm trying to find this in the article, see if they talk about it, because I remember reading about this. Oh, six different vaults. And we've opened some of them, and they've got cool stuff in there, like scary giant Artificial, or uh, not artificial, stone snakes and things like that. But a lot of them have had treasure inside. So the rumor is that this last one has the most treasure of all. The largest treasure could be hidden in Vault B, what they say. Yeah. The problem is they believe that this last vault will release a plague unto the world. Uh Now, if you believe half of what they say about the treasure, let's say it's not trillions of dollars and the most... miraculous treasure known to man, like the beginning of the movie Aladdin uh, that we all know and love, but just half of that. Let's just assume that they're half right. What would half a plague look like (laughs) being released? We don't want to open this thing and be wrong, uh, right? We want to make sure that there's nothing like that inside there. So this thing is pretty cool. It's, I mean, really just a lot of speculation based on some historic and cultural significance, meaning there's probably some truth behind all this, but we don't know how much truth. So, there's probably some treasure, but there's also probably some plague. Thus lies the challenge, right? What would you do? Would yeah. you open it, Kevin? Oh, I would totally open it. Yeah. Would you totally open
1: it? I, I mean, it's in India, right? So, it's there's look, probably not going to hurt us uh, so way over here. Yeah. I mean, if I didn't hesitate opening that accursed tomb in Wuhan, there's no way I'd avoid opening this one. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> I'm saying, I think they opened this thing last year. Yeah. Sometime in, you know, yes. like January of last year. Yeah, that's more or less the joke I was making. But yeah, I, no, I would totally open it if given the opportunity. I don't know. Do you believe in uh, in curses? I'd say that I do, actually, but I'd still open it. I don't know if I do, to be honest with you. I, I kind of think I think there's definitely an element of something that we influence. I mean, I've seen people essentially make themselves sick, you know, by reading something or whatever. I mean, so there's a psychology that might happen there. But I think there's something to that. I think also, though, that if you can make a curse, then it can be broken, too. So I'd probably risk it. I'm looking at doors of this thing, like yeah, the, those... the cool-looking little snake things. Man, that, that looks like something you'd see on, like, a fantasy novel. Man. It kind of looks like the entrance to the
0: something in Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they weren't
1: messing around when they made these doors. They
0: weren't just like, hey, go to Home Depot and grab like some, you know, we want double cores. <laughs> uh, yeah, get a couple of, yeah. <laughs> we don't. This is an exterior door, folks. We don't want some of that single core crap, like, you know, hollow core doors. We need those big, wide Home Depot thingies, <laughs> right. solid wood. No, they weren't messing around. They were like, you know, Home Depot isn't going to help us here. We need to break out the chisels, slaves, and make us yeah. a door. <laughs> and, you know, if you're Impressive. a slave back then, like if you're working for for the government, in this time, in pretty much anywhere in the world, <laughs> and they start asking you to to carve like an ornate, you know, facade. You know, you're gonna die at the end, right? Like that. You know that. Hey, they're never gonna let us live through this and tell people where this magical door is. Yeah, they're gonna kill us all. They're gonna round right. us up and murder us and bury us in a deep grave.
1: Yeah, to be found later by archaeologists. Man, <laughs> I gotta tell you, this has all the elements of a good thriller novel, doesn't too. it? That's exactly a good, why. I, uh, yeah. Yeah. And the archaeological thriller novel at that, Like, this is just perfect. So yeah, good. It well is. Done. This is
0: probably not the best article, but it is the most concise. It doesn't get very deep into kind of what this is. And that's why I'm kind of stumbling over some of the technical yeah. things here. But this is a real place. This We know it's there. They say it's called the Golden City, I guess, right? So there's all these vaults and things, and we've opened them and found really cool stuff that probably made somebody a lot of money. Not me, unfortunately. And then this last one is supposed to have the most of all, but it's, of course, got that curse to deal with, that cursed curse. Yeah. I don't know. So You you asked me if I believed in curses. I believe in God, but I also think that the smarter we get, that's probably not the right term, um, the more knowledge we amass related to things like physics, the more we're pointed to bigger and more complex questions that I believe ultimately will point to God because we'll run out of answers to the question. Um, I agree. So I think because, you know, you and I have talked about this at length offline, but I believe both science and God are very real Mm -hmm. things. In the same sense, Kevin, I think curses could exist. And how many movies and books have we seen this in? I mean, hell, I'm writing one right now where the curse, I guess I'm giving away the ending here, is nothing but a bacterial infection or a virus
1: or some Mm -hmm. strain or something we just don't understand. We don't have... You know, uh you know it's funny how I'm also a big believer in synchronicity, and I'm not alone in that. Like said a movie no less than like there is a movie. Yeah, is uh, that what you, but you no less no less movie? than people like uh Carl Jung have written about the I believe it's pronounced Jung. Yeah, Jung. I think it's Jung <laughs> but, uh, Carl Jung. <laughs> synch- synchronicity. Uh you're throwing me off track here, buddy. Uh <laughs> no, but the That's my job. I was That's just true. kind of getting this point across Like yesterday, the idea of mundane miracles or mundane magic, meaning, you know, we have this concept that if something's going to be a miracle, it has to be completely supernatural and unexplainable. But the truth is usually that miraculous things happen as a result of consistent effort or you caused something like you did the butterfly effect, right? Like you did something and make your own luck kind of created. Yeah. And I think that's really what it kind of comes down to is that there's miraculous things in the universe, but they all have natural explanations. And we don't like that. We want our mysteries to be unexplained.
0: Yeah. You know, we, that we want more
1: powerful as mysteries, for sure. Right. And that sticks around. So when we can see the explanation for it, we tend to think it wasn't a miracle or it was supernatural or mm. it couldn't be a curse because it was a virus. And two things can be true. And that's a reality that we're having to face now in these times. Oh my gosh, that, yeah. You know, there's not such a thing as black and white. It's not going to be on or off all the time. Sometimes it's going to be two things. And that's what I think this could be. The, yeah, the I f- idea I feel like of, we've
0: lost the ability to hold two conflicting ideas in our head at the same time. We have to be yeah. one or the other. But the answer is often in, the, in between. There's nuance. There's gray area, right? Right.
1: There's something else. That's so funny because literally just before they started talking, I was reading an article about surge capacity, okay, right? which is our ability to deal with short-term disasters, right? And how a lot of people have, you know, it, that it's a resource that gets depleted. It's like personal energy in a way. Like if you end up using it a lot, then you will eventually deplete your surge capacity. And they were talking about one of the ways you can sort of build resistance or deal with that is to use both and thinking, as they called it, okay. which is the I- holding two different ideas in your head at the same time, yeah, yeah. giving each equal weight. So like the sister whose brother is missing in action in Afghanistan can simultaneously believe that her brother is alive and well, but also believe that he could be dead. And so- shorting his brother. Yeah. It's like a coping mechanism. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. So again, synchronicity synchronicity just like the movie yeah, yeah. excellent movie.
0: <laughs> well i mean that's it for me i didn't really have anything other than hey check out the scary indian temple that's full of plague no, and, i think that's cool and, and riches
1: <laughs> i think that's very cool i anticipate stealing that idea very soon
0: so i anticipate stealing um, it as well
1: first one to finish wins. really Thrill- <laughs> first thriller writings. writings. Is- <laughs> yeah okay challenge accepted Um, Yeah, you're always going to win that all day long. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Uh, No, you know, Thriller Writing is really just a series of rehashing certain ideas over and over again anyway. I mean, how many Atlantis books are there? How many Mayan Temple books are there? Well, there's only a couple good ones. Is that right, Kevin? Yes, yes, that's
0: true. Mine and yours.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So now, having discussed your really cool uh, stuff that's real, I feel uh, almost (laughs) inadequate, but this is it. Actually, something because it was funny <laughs> because I was sharing a personal anecdote about how I discovered this when you popped up and said, "Hey, that's a stuff that's real." And so I agree. Are you going to share the anecdote? You're
0: going to tell us what happened, though. I'll just- tell you. That.
1: I will give you the anecdote. So, and then we'll jump into it. So, we are my wife and I are traveling full time in a travel van, a conversion van. Hashtag van life. And we were staying with her cousin. Uh, but I was essentially using the van as an office, like I would get up in the mornings, go out, you know, I had it all set up so that I could sit and do my writing and other work uh, from the van and uh, it's a comfortable space and, you know, home, we spent a lot of time there. Well, we had cleaned the van top to bottom. And one of the things we had done was pour, I poured some bleach into the toilet in the van and let it linger so that it would help clean it out. My wife is, by the way, off to my right and can hear this and is chuckling. So if you hear that noise, (laughs) that's her. So as I am wont to do, at some point, all my coffee kicked in and I needed to use the restroom. So I went to the restroom in the van and I urinated in the toilet and suddenly the van filled with a noxious gas uh, that (laughs) stung my eyes, made my eyes burn, made my lungs burn I literally could not breathe. I had to hold my breath and start kicking on all the overhead fan, all the vents, I opened windows. And this, Uh, kids, is why you have to eat your vegetables. You must eat your vegetables. So so I inadvertently discovered a way to make mustard gas. So the article that I'm sharing, because I went and looked this up, because I was not aware of this. Maybe I should have been. But I was not aware that urine and bleach... Can sometimes cause that kind of chain reaction and create a noxious substance that you do not want to breathe. By the way, probably don't want to mess around with that. No. Yeah. So here's the deal. There's several things in this article. One of which is debunking the myth that you can use bleach and urine as a home pregnancy test. Sad news, you can't. But says the active ingredient in household bleach is a compound called hypochlorite. Uh, The sodium hypochlorite in bleach can react with ammonia producing a potentially toxic type of gas called chloramine gas. And then it goes on to explain if you are exposed to chloramine gas, you'll experience irritation of your eyes, nose, and throat. Check. Watering eyes. Check. Runny nose. Check. Coughing. Check. Wheezing or shortness of breath. Check. Nausea. I did not feel nauseated. Chest pain. I did not feel chest pain. But those are two potentials. So it says, where does urine come into the picture? It says urine contains waste products and extra fluids that need to be removed from our bodies. One of the waste products in urine is ammonia. So when I left quite a bit of bleach, I'd say like a third of gallon bottles of bleach was in that toilet because I wanted to make it extra clean. Maybe more like a fifth. Maybe it wasn't a third. But when I relieved myself, I suddenly, I suddenly gassed myself and had to scramble to escape. And I mean, it was painful. I mean, oh, my man. eyes and lungs were burning and I couldn't breathe. Like I became genuinely worried for a, a sure, moment. Sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, you're in a small uh, space and you yep, got a small space. Yeah. You yeah. got to
0: knock Kara down in order to you know, make sure you can get she out first. She was not in and, there. Now, thankfully, neither
1: <laughs> Kara nor our small dog, Minnie, was in the van when that happened. Oh, yeah. That probably uh, could have affected Minnie
0: a lot worse, huh? Probably.
1: Yeah those are scary things. When stupid things happen to me, I can kind of shrug it off. When stupid sure, things sure. impact my wife and my little Family, dog, yeah. that is a problem. But first thing I did was as soon as my lungs and eyes were burning, there's a vent directly above the toilet that I turned on. Okay. I got the fan going there, holding my breath. And then I ran for the sink in our kitchen, little kitchen area, which is not far, which is like six feet. So I doused my face and eyes and you know, Did that help? Th- it helped with, with the eyes, but my lungs were still burning. I was sure. coughing my head off. you know? Oh, man. But I got all this stuff, uh, I got the windows going and all that. And so it, it eventually evacuated all that out of there over the, yeah. course, the course of like a day. day. The wow. It's so like you could still
0: smell the bleach and all that when you walked in.
1: Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's so, that's so fun. So.
0: Yeah. I wonder so about I'm, it. I was expecting to read in this uh, list of side effects the last one being like violent urination
1: or something. <laughs> so like it's it just like you can't get out. That did sort of happen because, you know, I'm so busy dealing with my lungs and eyes burning that I forgot. You're, like, you're like, oh uh, shit, I still have to pee. Like, <laughs> yeah. I forgot to pinch off. Right. Yeah. So this, the rest of this article, by the way, goes on to talk about other things you shouldn't mix with bleach, which I did know. I did know that you should not mix ammonia with bleach. I did know that. Yes. Um, I
0: think that's one of those, I, you know, I'm at the point where I'm in my life. I'm like, look, I ain't that smart of a dude, but I'm just going to go ahead
1: and not mix anything with bleach. Yeah. We'll call it even. Yeah, don't yeah, mix anything don't, with bleach. and Just you don't mix it. You don't yeah. need to. Bleach is yeah. bleach. Yeah. Let yeah. it be. And so, What I did not know, what I was not completely cognizant of, was that <laughs> human urine would contain ammonia. I knew that I knew
0: like that. I think I heard that. Would. It's very alkaline. Yeah. I mean, I knew urine yeah. was al- alkaline rather than acidic, but I didn't associate that with ammonia. Obviously, plenty <clears throat> of things can be alkaline, but I yeah. think I'd heard that before. But um, I think, you know, well, I heard that as far as like, well, there's like a. One percent of it is ammonia or something. I didn't realize it was enough to cause a big reaction. Well,
1: here's another one. Like it says vinegar will react in the same way. I and I, that. I now I didn't know realize that. I drink I apple cider vinegar. Like I put some in a bottle of water and I basically yeah. sip that all day. So Dude, I was literally just gonna ask
0: you, because I didn't even see the vinegar thing on here until I scrolled down, but I was gonna ask yeah. you if you still did the apple cider vinegar thing, because that yeah. might be I was thinking that the vinegar Somehow, I don't know, maybe it turns into ammonia in, in the urine or I don't know, or but maybe it's just because, the vinegar itself that goes through. Yeah,
1: it does say, it does say not to mix vinegar specifically with bleach. I saw that. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm so, reading now. That's crazy. If you, ha- if, you've, if you, like me, have been drinking a lot of it. So there was probably a combination of things happening there. So. Probably so, also the other
0: way around, too. Don't it, Listener, if you're considering, don't drink bleach and then piss bleach. into a bucket of vinegar either. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that don't don't, (laughs) just to be clear i just want to make sure we're not going to get sued further vinegar
1: (laughs) do not drink do not inject bleach into your veins Just cautionary. wasn't somebody saying we should do that though i don't believe that it was actually literally said but i think a joke was made i think a joke might have been made. (laughs) i might have heard that somewhere so (laughs) it sounds familiar (laughs) you and i discussed we were going to start talking about how these things could relate to thriller yes yeah Yeah, absolutely This to me, like I immediately, like instantly, even while my lungs and eyes were burning, I thought, about, well, this is going in a book at some point. Like, this, is going to, this is gonna some bad guy's gonna get killed this way or otherwise it's wasted, right? If you're yeah, that's right. If I do that's something right. stupid and I don't write about it, then, then you just, just suffer for nothing. Yeah. Right. Now we can call it a science experiment. Now it's research. Now it's not stupid. <laughs> it was brilliant. I personally tested this, and it does. not We needed you work. to do that. That was the only way to so find we, this out. We needed when you when we do get, when you get those readers who inevitably write bad reviews, yeah. saying, "You know, he had his yeah, hero pee he into yeah. a bucket of bleach," and that's just not realistic. Uh, nay, 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 sir, that is nay. in fact. Quite I say realistic. nay. <laughs> I say the nay. So that was my first, like, uh, just, just riffing off the top of my head. I'm like, okay, I could see having one of my protagonists is captured. There's like a mostly empty bleach bottle. Now, my wife pointed out, well, why wouldn't they just throw the bleach in someone's eyes? Fair point. So I would have to come up with a convoluted way to use it, perhaps like, you know, putting it under an air conditioning vent or something and wafting this gas into another room. There, well, there's there some go. demographics
0: here, too. I mean, if you are an evil pharmaceutical company or had control over one, or if you were working for like the EPA, Environmental Protection Agency, something like that. Which mm-hmm. I think this is in this article, it regulates disinfectant products. I don't, I don't know why this is where we would need to continue the brainstorming sesh a little bit longer, but there could be a demographic, say, van people live in an enclosed space where this would affect them a lot more, right? Who yeah. also are into drinking vinegar for health benefits. Or I don't know why those people would be targeted, but this would be a way to do it, you know, or advertising to them
1: saying, hey, use bleach in your toilets, the best way to clean your van. Oh, so you're um, going a whole different route. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm, I'm I was thinking different different of right. it like, you know, this would be an interesting way for someone to make an escape and take okay. out some bad guys. But yeah, you're talking about like someone deliberately targets people with some kind of attack. Going with what you're saying, I mean, this could
0: be the escape route. And the reason we wouldn't want to just put the bleach in someone's eyes is, first of all, you got to be pretty accurate. They're probably going to yeah. be shooting at you and you're going to waste yeah. your bleach pretty quickly if you just toss it into the first bad guy's eyes. What if there's five yeah. bad guys? But yeah. what you could do is prepare two containers of fluid. You know, let's say you're in a hospital and you're trying to escape the hospital, right? Because yeah, something yeah. happened to you and you're the hero and you're all beat, banged up, but you're healing and the bad guys are coming to get you and you go into the janitor's closet and you find some ammonia, you find some bleach or hell, vinegar and bleach, whatever, and grab mm-hmm. both of them together. And you just slash them both open with a scalpel and dump them on the floor in the hallway and you jet the other way. You should be able to get away, but then they're going to come into that hallway and it's going to be completely gassed.
1: Right. And I'm sure there's no uh,
0: air circulation
1: things in hospitals. So that stuff would just stay there forever. That's a joke. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's actually, I mean, as we're talking about this, I've already thought of like three different ways that this could be applied in a story. like, and both by good guys or bad guys. So, like, I was thinking, let's say that you're in a situation where there's a dictator who's taken over an impoverished area, you know, and he's forcing everyone into slave labor and they rebel. And one of the ways they start the rebellion is they've all been basically siphoning off bleach and storing urine, you know, <laughs> so that they can create this kind of mustard gas bomb that they set off in this guy's uh, estate or something. Yeah. So something like that, you know, I would polish that quite a bit before I put it on page, but. No, I mean, if you're listening to this and you're thinking about writing a thriller or something like that, I mean, this is kind of how it goes.
0: You don't just say, well, how can I have the good guy find a bomb? Yeah. Because that's too easy, right? Okay, how do we get him to make a bomb? It's like, well, okay, well, maybe there's no nitroglycerin nearby or C4, anything you can make trigger out of. So then you keep going down the rabbit hole. You're like, What could he use? Okay, what's the situation he's in? Maybe if I change the setting a little bit so that he's in a government building, well, what's a government building going to have? It's going to have a cleaning
1: closet. Yep. Um, anyway, so, think, so that's kind of Think about an airplane. Right mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Your job is to bring, you know, you're a terrorist and your job is to take over this airplane and if you, you don't know. care about
0: your own life, too, I mean, you could honestly just blow something up like that in there and
1: the whole tube becomes a death chute. Yeah. Something along those lines. So not to uh, give yeah. terrorists a great, to end, <laughs> great, to great ideas. That <laughs> so no, that would never work. Um, no, don't try that. The that would air, air filtration system in an airplane would totally filter that out. That actually probably so. is true.
0: I think it would filter that out pretty quickly.
1: I think the air in an airplane uh, in a typical commercial flight is
0: recycled once every minute. Right. Far more than any building or any home.
1: That I know of, anyway. I guess unless you own a meth lab in your basement, you probably have some pretty good filtration in there. Yeah. Now, we did not go into this kind of detail with your story, though. Well, but yeah, like, but that's because I picked a great story, unlike you. You did pick a great story. It. You picked a story that sort of in and of itself is like pre-packaged to be a, a It is, yeah. Novel. The, the Indian slaves so. that built this temple, they were like, hey, we're going to give Thacker a Pretty good story, like two thousand yeah. years from now or whatever. We should say though, because like right now, so you mentioned your work in progress. My work in progress is actually something Nick and I are co-authoring, dun, dun, dun. and I'm riffing on his outline a little and adding some things. But and the, I'll just, I'll just delete all that later. So he'll he'll I'll just let him, I just that. let him do that. It's fine. But that the point of it was <laughs> thinking about your story in the vault B, right? Which, by the way. The mystery behind Vault B is one of the subheadings in this article, I'm like, that's kind of a cool title. But the whole idea of this chamber that no one's allowed into, that has a curse behind it, or whatever. So, in our book, current events have altered the approach we're taking with, like, the bad guys in the book. I don't want to give anything away, but basically... (laughs) Let's just say Um, we had
0: to invent another country.
1: I invented an entire other country and an entire other culture. Which Um, most likely will exist by the time the book comes out. The way things are going over there, we probably will just have it actually. And let's face it, it's an allegorical kind of thing. Like It's so similar to an existing country and culture that it won't be hard for anyone to piece together who it was originally. (laughs) Because of those changes, it's given me, instead of basing it on a real thing, a real country and a real culture, I have more leeway to do certain things without the threat of pissing off a whole bunch of people, right? So sort of transferring that idea to your story with the vault and with this chamber, like, this is an existing thing. You could easily write about this and include as many facts as you want, and you could go a little bit far afield on, like, what happens if it's opened. But it doesn't have to be this thing. If you're a thriller writer, you're allowed to take inspiration from an existing thing and tweak it to make it your own. I would say you're encouraged to,
0: because it's the reality behind the fiction that makes it that much better to read.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, an ancient vault is kind of a trope in this genre. Yep. So. Yeah. um, And I think there's a
0: reason it's a trope. It's not going to go away. Yeah. I think I will probably have to stop writing. A tomb or a cavern or a cave into every single one of my books at some point, but you my am like, gotten tired of it yet.
1: <laughs> you should pick three things, three tropes, and you write one book after another with each of the tropes and then you start over. You start over. So, so on an, book Atlantis, three you're back you got to, a tomb and Yeah. <laughs> but no no not Atlantis, a lost city. A lost city. Right? Yep, a lost, a lost city, city. A tomb, a tomb
0: and, and then uh an alien artifact that turns out is just really old.
1: Or whatever oh, what your trope app is, be mine right. tends to be like ancient tomb of some kind, tomb or chamber or vault of some kind, a lost city. And then there's the one that kind of gets more into the modern time, which is the basically artifact an artifact that impacts modern day. Yeah. So in my last Kotler book, that artifact was actually somewhat modern in that it was a plutonium core that was not being used in Hiroshima. So. Nice. That was an artifact, even though it's not ancient per se, it does have its history and its historical significance. So, I sort of fudge it a little to get an archaeologist involved, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But now I'm going to go back to my roots with the next book, I think. Some From ancient AGO. tombs. Yeah.
0: Well, that's good stuff. Man, I, I'm glad we did that and dived into a little bit more of how this could be used in the real... If you're a thriller writer or just a fiction writer in general, you need ideas. And that's what we're trying to bring here is is some ideas. If you liked this, if you really enjoyed the ideas, go check out our website, stuffthatsreal.com. We're going to have some story prompts for you based on the Stuff That's Real episodes we're giving you. And and you can use those. You can go grab them, sign up for our mailing list and grab them and use them however you want and tell us what you did with them. We'd love to hear. You can always email us at hello at stuffthatsreal.com. And of course, the best thing you can do is like and review this. I don't even know how to do that, but I'm sure you can figure it out. Wherever you're listening from, if it's iTunes, if it's podcast.com, if that's a thing, I don't even know, Spotify, whatever, go like and review this show and let the world know that it is the best show because it is. And we know that it you think that the best too. Show.
1: So. Uh, anyway, stuff with stuff that's real, it's the
0: best show, the best show. It should be the only show, but it's the best show. There's other shows. Uh, but anyway, for me, for Kevin, we are here at Stuff That's Real that you didn't know is real, but also is cool. Signing off for this week. We will see you next time. Thank you, ladies Stuff and gentlemen. That's real. Looking for a great new thriller? Check out Conundrum Publishing. We publish books that make you think, from mind-bending thrillers to heart-wrenching, dramatic action-adventure novels. Our books will keep you up all night, turning the pages, eager to find out what happens next. So, what are you waiting for? Head over to conundrumpub.com str for three totally free thrillers. You won't be disappointed. Again, three full-length action thrillers totally free at conundrumpub.com str.